An interview with Rob Hoover, head baseball coach at Daniel Boone High School in Tennessee. Today, on the Ultimate Ground Rules. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Welcome to The Ultimate Ground Rules, a podcast built specifically to encourage, empower, and strengthen the faith of coaches as they live out their God-given purpose to develop the next generation of leaders. And now, your host, Dave Pritchard. Hello and welcome to The Ultimate Ground Rules. I am your host, Dave Pritchard, and today I bring to you what I enjoy the most from this podcast, an interview with one of your coaching peers. Recently, I sat down with Rob Hoover, head baseball coach at Daniel Boone High School in Tennessee, as he discussed the importance of a coach as a model, accountability within a team, and his own definition of real winning. I encourage you to share this show with others and prepare to take notes as we talk baseball with Rob Hoover. Hey guys, I am here today with uh, Coach Rob Hoover from Daniel Boone High School in Gray, Tennessee. Uh, Coach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man, the invite. Um, this is a great opportunity to, to share and, and, and to help grow in our faith. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you don't mind to start off, just uh, tell the listeners a little bit about where's Gray, Tennessee? Gray is located in between Johnson City and Kingsport. Um, it is in the Tri-Cities area, if anybody's familiar with the Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, we are we're about 15 or 20 minutes away from the Bristol Motor Speedway, and um, we are a, a AAA school. Uh, we've got about 1,300 kids. Um, some schools that, that some guys may be familiar with, in Science Hill and Dobbin Bennett and Tennessee High. We we compete with those guys in, in District 1 AAA. Okay. And uh, if you don't mind, I mean, you can be as detailed as you want or just share whatever, but just give us a little background information about yourself, basically, you know, how long you've been coaching there and just any kind of background you want to provide us with. Uh, I've been at Daniel Boone. This is my 15th year as a teacher, and this is my 14th year as head coach. Uh, I played baseball at Western Carolina University. I was a pitcher there. Um, I'm from the area in which I coach now. I went to Sullivan South High School. Uh, but I've, I've been a coach, a baseball coach, and I've coached some football as well. I was assistant football coach for 13 years, and I've just I've loved every part of it. Uh, I've been blessed by by working with a lot of great coaches and we've been blessed with a lot of great kids at Daniel Boone. And, you know, my life has kind of taken a little bit of a turn in the last three or four years. I've, I've felt a calling a little bit different, a little bit different feeling than I've ever felt before. And that I felt that God was pers- pushing me to, to kind of go a little bit deeper in my relationship. And I began studies and at, at Liberty university through their online program and, this past December, just graduated with my master's in Christian ministry. So um, I'm looking looking at maybe possibly going into the ministry at some point, uh, but I'm just staying open at this point and, you know, still teaching, still coaching. I still love baseball. I love the kids, but also I love the Lord. Absolutely, man. That's, uh, that's really interesting. I've, I found myself on a similar path here recently. Uh, I'm currently uh, doing, taking some classes at Southern. Uh, through their online program and uh, you know just same kind of situation I still love baseball and I feel like God's called me to do that and 
you know, I'm just kind of people ask me, well, what do you, what do you do? And, and, and what do you think you're going to do with that? And my answer is, I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just, the best you can just to stay open and, and just trust that he's going to put us in the right path is, is all we can do. So I'm just going to ask you some questions here today and we can just kind of, you know, go where the conversation leads. But uh, the first question I got for you is, is how, how do you see faith and sports relating to one another and, and how does your faith you as a coach? Well, you know, faith in sports and really baseball in particular that I found over the, over the time that I've been a coach that that those guys who can handle failure uh, the best are, are are pretty are the most successful. Um, you know, life is a lot like that. You know, through the fall of man, we have the sinfulness of man is, is in our DNA and we fall and, and how we respond and, and how we come back from those situations and how we learn from mistakes. You know, I think baseball and sports and, and coaching, um, I, I think that's just a huge part of it because the success is great and, and, the, and the good times are, are kind of what we work for. Uh, but the large majority of our time, especially in, in, in the sport of baseball, is, is we have to learn how to come back when we fall. And I think a being grounded in faith is, is, a, is a great way for me personally, um, you know, to stay humble, to be able to learn, to, to be able to admit mistakes and to really grow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how does that, how does that shape, I guess, how you approach your program? How, how does that shape how you how you see yourself as a coach. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm hoping, you know, I, I like to think that my faith affects everything that I do and it affects how I speak, um, what I think about, how I respond to certain things. Um, and, and just being a coach is, is really just an extension of that. I mean, you know this, we're, we're putting some very competitive situations at times and, and the essence of who we are as men can come out during those times. And if somebody's not grounded in Christ, um, you know, we can say things or do things that can really hurt, hurt our testimony. Um, but if we can understand the big picture and who we represent at all times, that, that we're an audience of one, um, that can truly mold us and shape us and be the best coaches that we can be. And we can best men of God that we can be as well. You know, just thinking back on, on your life and, and maybe, you know, maybe even going back all the way to high school, I don't know, as, as far back as you want to go, just, you know, your journey as a player and then now as a coach, who are some, you know, primary influences in your life that you would consider mentors, maybe both spiritually and and from an athletic standpoint? Yeah, I've, I've had some really good men to be around. Um, you know, my high school coaches were, were great men. Mike Williams, my basketball coach, was was a guy I really respected and looked up to. And, and then when I went on to college, I had the opportunity to play for two great men. Um, Rodney Hennon was my coach initially when I'm there. He's now the head coach at Georgia Southern. Um, and then I also played for Todd Raleigh, who was um, – he, he was that guy for me. And I know I think everybody has that person uh, that they wanted to, to be like. Or, but, but he was the guy that I never wanted to disappoint, you know, and – you know, he was tough on us, but he was fair with us. And you know, for me personally, he got the absolute most out of me. Um, so so I'll, I'll always be indebted to him. And then when I got into the high school, I, I've met so many great guys um, who've kind of shown me um, what to do, what what areas to stay away from, and 
kind of sh- shaped and molded my philosophy in, into what it is today. And uh, Jeremy Jenkins, who's our head football coach now, Daniel Boone, he's a he's a great influence on me. And then Anthony Richardson gave me a start, and he is uh, currently the, the head baseball coach at Sullivan South. Uh, but there's there's so many people along the way spiritually. Um, actually, he he does our PA announcing. His name is Terry Adcock, and he has such a phenomenal story that that we can go back and forth. And you know, even 15 minutes before the game, he'll come to the dugout. We can we can sit and talk and kind of get our mind off things a little bit and, and talk about the Lord. And it's just he's been a great friend to me over the years. Do you talk to your guys about the importance of mentors? Well, we, yes and no. Um, and you were there at our most recent TBCA clinic during, during the FCA breakfast that we had. There was a man, his name is Steve Smith, coaches at Auburn. And when he was speaking, he really spoke to me and what he said that, that, that players, they don't need a motto, that they need a model. And, you know, that, that hit home with me because I feel like in public education, we can't necessarily get really specific into scripture and we can't we're a little bit limited as far as you know even even if praying with the guys but to me just being really consistent in how i live and trying to do the right things i think that could go a long way and and being a mentor for guys to kind of look and see you know maybe what it's supposed to look like even though that we're obviously going to fail there's going to be some emotional times during the season that we say some things maybe we regret in the heat of the moment, but the consistency with which we try to live our lives, I think, is is the best thing that we can do for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I would totally agree. I think that a lot of times it's easy to fall into this trap of, you know, are they paying attention? Are they even, do they even care? Are they looking? But I think that the longer that I do this and, and the results that you can see, you know, maybe even decades later, is you know they are listening and they are paying attention, and it may not seem like it's sinking in right away, but but I think at some point for a lot of guys that that light light bulb does turn on, and uh, so you never know what right. kind of impact you're having. And like you said, there's you know it's it's a struggle, but the but the goal's got to be to be consistent every day. And I and I think too, and and I think you would agree. You know, you talked about those emotional moments and those opportunities in, in the heat of the moment where, I mean, we've all failed. Let's be honest, we've all failed. And I think even an even greater teaching point, because it's so countercultural, is to, to tell our guys that we failed, you know, to own up to it and uh, to show them that example that it's okay to, it's, you know, it's okay to admit that you made a mistake and to try to make it right. I do. And, you know, it, <sighs> holding people accountable is one of the hardest things that, that we can do. And it may be easier for us as we get older that we know the importance of it. Um, but you know, humans are made for relationships and it's hard for the high school player to hold another person accountable because they don't want to sacrifice that relationship that they have with another player. And if we can get to the point where we can teach them, uh, you know that this is good for that other person if they can know and, and if you truly care about them that that relationship won't be hurt um, but that's one of the biggest things that we fight is is they don't want to confront anybody even though it's for their own good because of that relationship and um, the friendship really uh, 
we started we started something last year that I thought was really good. It's it's through our FCA. We've kind of partnered with them, and uh, Brad Perry is his name, and he is a character coach for us, and he will come once and sometimes twice a week. And you know, a lot of the times he'll spend some time in devotion with the guys, talking about some different th- things, which is really good. But sometimes he just comes to hang out, and you know, he is somebody that obviously has a little bit more leeway in, in what he can say and what he can do. Uh, than us as as coaches in public education. But I think, like you were saying, the guys, sometimes you don't know if they're really hearing. Um, You know, last year was the first year that we did that, and I had numerous players come up and tell me what an impact that made on them. So I know it was well worth it. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. This year we're actually – we just started last week with – it's the first time that we've had a character coach. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to that process. What – scriptures do you really cling to or or use as motivation you know in your role as a coach well you know i i don't know that motivation you know as a baseball player as a baseball coach we play so many games uh in such a short span of time you know in football it's one of those deals where you know you're playing once a week and there's no reason in the world that i don't think that you can get ready for a game you know, in baseball and, and softball and sports like that, that, you know, you may play four and five days out of the week. So I I think our motivation should be the standard in which we expect ourselves and the standard at which we expect others to play with. And I think for me, it goes back to just that word consistency again, that, that a coach always wants a, a consistent team and he wants to know who is going to show up on, on any given day. And, and I think – if we can model that, you know, show the importance of that day in and day out, then um, it, it's easier to get yourself ready and perform um, when when you live a consistent life. So when you're going through that process, uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard. I tell people all the time it's really hard, especially the way that the state of Tennessee is set up. It's really hard for somebody to understand. Uh, a lot, a lot of people don't like that term, the grind, but just the up and down, the constant, like you said, day in and day out, such a short window of about seven weeks where it's just go, go, go. And a, a lot of people, you know, if you haven't experienced it, it's, it's, it's unexplainable really. So as you're going through that as a coach, you know, are there any scripture passages that you really cling to or, you know, that just kind of drive you in what you're doing? Yeah, the, the two main scriptures that, that I look to in those situations, the first one is is Matthew 6.33, and it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And, you know, for me, sometimes you can get sidetracked by what your own personal selfish goals are and what you want to accomplish, you know, as a coach and what your program wants to look like. And, you know, sometimes you could get so focused on that that you forget big picture goals, which is trying to establish, um, you know, what what you want your players to be, what you what what understanding what's important for them. Um, so if we always seek God first, seek first the kingdom of God, that that everything else will fall into place. Um, that He wants good things for us, and because He wants good things for us, He wants us to seek Him, and, and He will provide it. The, the glory needs to go to Him even though we, we may enjoy success as a coach, we just hope that the glory falls back on him. The second verse that I, I really look to is Galatians 6, 9, and it says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, 
or in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And you know this, you know, for a baseball player or a baseball coach, as we go through the grind of a season, um, that you know, players get tired, players get sore, players get frustrated because it, it's a game of failure. But but we have to do everything that we can do to the best of our ability and. If you have an opportunity to do good for somebody else, even though things may not be going well for you for that day, we should always seek those opportunities. Um, you know, as for me as a, as a coach, as well as their guys, that that in due season we will reap if we don't give up. We just the effort's got to be there and the mindset's got to be there to seek to do good. That's good stuff, man. I, I hope some people are taking notes. Those are those are two really good passages to meditate on. Because you're right, man. It's so easy to fall into the trap of you know, I want to. I want us to win X amount of games, or or be in this position going into the postseason, or or whatever, and and just lose sight of the bigger picture. As a coach, with you at Daniel Boone trying to do what what it is that you do, what do you want a player at Daniel Boone to look like? Maybe even after your four years are up, what do you what do you hope that young man got, and what do you want him to look like? Yeah, it, it it's a great question. It's an interesting question and and my answer I'm I think may be different than a lot of people may assume that the longer that I'm into it, um the longer that I've coached the the, the different teams that I've had, the most joy that I've had as a coach is when I've had teams that genuinely cared about each other. And I know that may sound a little bit like of a sappy answer, but you know, too many times in high school sports, the individual only see, seeks what's in his or her best interest. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that comes from mom or dad. But to have a group or have a certain players that really find joy in the success of others, you know, to me, that, that would give me the ultimate satisfaction. If that, is a, if that is a trait that they can learn now in high school, it just serves them well as they get older in life to be that servant leader, which we all hope to be. Um, but, but to kind of give up self at that age of 15, 16, 17, and, and be cheerful, be joyful uh, when your buddy gets a big hit, even though you may be struggling, or the guy that you're competing with at a certain position that, that he does well and helps us win a game, even though that I didn't do much. You know, to me, that that is the ultimate team, and that's the ultimate goal in which we all should try to coach and, and strive to get to. What are some so What are some unique things that you think that that you guys do? I know that uh, hopefully we've got some young coaches listening. And what are some things that you do at Daniel Boone that are think are unique, maybe, and that that you guys do to try to have a unique impact on your on your players? You know, I don't I don't know how unique or, or different we are. Um, you know, I I think that. We've started something at the school where we have a leadership class where we have two or three guys from each sport uh, meet on Wednesdays and, and through various teachers within the school. We'll just talk to them about leadership and, and what that looks like and, and how we should go about um, getting that message, getting that, that term leadership to spread throughout the student body. Um, through the role of athletes, but but in that, through that, uh, we've we've developed some pretty good leaders. Where I've seen this year that they're starting to serve more. They're starting to serve each other more. Um, the last thing that we want to be as a team or a program is to be coach led, where where I have to say and do this and do that, and this is what we expect. 
if that can be translated over to to a player or a, a group of players or certain leaders, if they hear those voices, they're going to respond much better if they hear this one voice over and over. So I, I you know, I think the leadership class is it helps us. I think the character coaches help us. Um, and FCA does a phenomenal job with, and, you know, getting in the schools and, and to the kids on, on topics that they enjoy. And, um, but again, you know, I, I try to be that leader, you know, for not only for my players, but, but for the assistant coaches too, that, that this is our standards and these are expectations, you know, this is what we're going to stand for. This is not going to be allowed. And everything that involved in the program needs to be consistently, um, consistently done. And everybody knows what's expected of them. And I think that, that that's what helps us more than anything. Cool. Let me ask you an interesting question that I think a lot of coaches have different answers on this, but as a guy that's got a, a decent amount of experience, I'm curious to hear what you say compared to 15 years ago. Do you think that, Kids have changed, and is, has it changed the way that you approach your job? I think they have changed slightly in that they are. There's so many more things that they can do now. If if they don't truly love the sport, um, it's easy for them to go and find another hobby. Um, you know, so but in the aspect of, of wanting to learn and playing hard and wanting to get better and, and wanting to represent their school. You know, I think that's going to last, and that that's not going to change throughout throughout time. But you know, I know as a coach, I've I've certainly changed in 15 years. You know, for me, early on, it was every day. It was just all about winning. And you know, as a 23 and 24 year old kid who really didn't know what he was doing, you know, I thought that was success. And if I would lose a game, I, I really had that struggle with the emotional roller coaster of winning and losing and. I was one of those guys, if I lost, everybody knew that I lost. And it was just how I treated others the next day, how I talked in class, how I treated my wife. Everything about it was was truly based on winning. And it, it really took a long time. It, it, it took many years to, to understand that the work we do as coaches, the, the bulk of our work is done on the front end. And at some point, we have to trust kids. We have to trust kids uh, to go do their best to that what we have taught them will, will play out. And as coaches, we have to live with the results. So throughout your whole experience, Coach there at Daniel Boone, what have been some of your biggest struggles as a coach and, and how did you handle them? Some of the biggest struggles, again, probably goes back to my early years where, where everything was – result oriented and I know there's been many coaches over the last few years and you know Nick Saban obviously with his word and usage of the process and, and trying to invest everything in, in the practices that lead up to the games that we shouldn't solely focused on the end result I was so caught up in that early on that I didn't really enjoy uh, when we did win a game because I was so focused on well how are we going to win the next game that sometimes you lose you lose some some perspective at times when when that is your only goal as a coach. And I, early on, I, I didn't build relationships with my players like I probably should have. Um, I, I was probably quick tempered with too many players when I shouldn't have been. I didn't have the patience that's needed. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of value in coaches that have kind of been through the wars and, and have seen 
um, the negative effects on, on behaviors that, that they really need to recognize early and understand that when when a kid leaves the program, he's not going to remember so much that the fundamentals and the techniques that he learned that that he's going to understand how you made him feel. And once I figured that out, I think I've become a better coach and I definitely have become a better person and that, you know, God is using me in this high school to coach baseball, but he's also using me to encourage another person to use his skills to glorify God. And if I can do that to the best of my ability, then then we can have those relationships that will carry on way beyond those four years. Yeah, that's. I just saw a clip. You mentioned Nick Saban. I just saw a clip uh, from an interview with Nick Saban who was talking about the same thing and basically talking about his approach as, you know, I'm this guy's coach for life. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, if, if the relationship is not there uh, during those four years, then it's, it's most certainly not going to be there after those four years. And so hopefully to guys listening, you know, you want to be – you want to be a resource for that player because um, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast and it, it often reminds me when, when guys talk about, you know, difficulties in life and ups and downs, you know, it reminds me of, of Jesus' own words in, in Matthew where he's, he's talking about, you know, the rain coming and the storm coming and build your house upon the rock. You know, he doesn't say that, you know, if the rains come, he says when they come. And so, you know, if, if we can reach out and, you know, try to build relationships with guys, if for no other reason than to be another source of of information or comfort or, you know, just a basic relationship for any player throughout the remainder of their life, then I think that's a win. What do you think kids need in a coach? I think they need somebody that they can trust, number one. Um, you know, we don't, we don't know every situation or every background, um, that they come from. So, so when they come out there, they need somebody that they can look up to. They need somebody that they can trust. Uh, and they need somebody who understands that as a coach, that we want the best out of them. That if, if we just look at them as just another person that, you know, you're just here to try to get another victory. I don't know that we're going to get the maximum potential out of that player. Um, but to know that they can trust us and to know that we reciprocate and truly care about them, that we're going to get the absolute best out of them. That's good. What do you, do you think that there's anything that you guys do or, or what are your thoughts on, you know, just basic ways to build that trust? I just think, you know, if you just asking questions daily, trying to, if you can find two or three minutes, you know, and just ask them how everything's going, how their mom and dad are doing. Um, if you had any brothers and sisters that went to the school, just just asking simple questions like and just let them know, understand that you do care and that it's important to you. And if you can find a time and, I, and I've done this and I think that's helpful, if, if somebody has a really good game or, or does something in a game that that kind of stood out to you, you know, later later on that night or the next day that you'll just send them a quick text, just let them know that, hey, I thought I thought what you did was awesome last night, that you had a key play or, or I'm, I'm proud of the things that you have been doing. Keep it up. Uh, and it's amazing. Um, a little small gesture like that can go a long way with a kid. You know, I think a lot of what, what you're saying, a lot of what's wrapped in there is I think that it's it's very valuable for our players. And I think that our players, 
whether they would ever verbalize it or not, I think our players really appreciate it. And when when we treat them like people, basically, when you know when they know that you're they're more to you than just a player. That's that's where that whole relationship process really. I think that's the foundation. You know, of all those things that you talked about. You know, those guys need to know that that I care about you more than just you helping me win a game. So saying all those things, you know, how would you define, you know, what's your ultimate goal as a coach? You know, I, again, I just – I want guys who look back on their time at, at Boone and their time in our program and that it was a positive experience for them, you know, whether or not they were a starter, whether they were a role player, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I want to look back on their time and, and say that, you know, they learned what it was – to face adversity and, and maybe learn how to deal with adversity and bounce back and learn what moving on to the next play was, moving on to what the next pitch, what that means, and how when I leave, when I face those same situations in life, this is not going to be the first time that I've experienced those. And with the help of, you know, it's not me. I've, I've been blessed with with great assistant coaches who have been on board that, that teaching them these life lessons that it's – it's, it's about getting back up. You know, it's about playing the next pitch. And, you know, in life, we're going to get knocked down, but we can't stay down. And if our players can, can take that from our program and look back and, you know, the wins are great, um, you know, and the losses are part of it. And, you know, sometimes we learn more from the losses than from the great wins. So we take all of it collectively and, and are just thankful that, that we have the opportunity to play and, and that I have the – opportunity to coach and um you know hopefully we can we can look back as a positive experience that's awesome so i got one more question for you before we go uh one question i like to to give guys here at the end and just you know let you let you go where you want to go but with all with all your experience you know if you had just a a few thoughts or if you wanted to try to summarize all, all that you've learned to young coaches what advice Okay. Um, if you take all of your experience as a baseball coach, um, what what would you? What are the a couple things that you would like to leave with any young coaches out there? That don't just don't get caught up in when you are finished. Just not to get caught up in what your win loss record is, and that it's really easy to do. Um, that there's so much more to it than that. You know, in baseball, like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, that, you know, we're playing 30-some-odd games in, in seven weeks. Um, well, we started meeting as a team back in September doing workouts. So, you know, all of that time that we spent together, you know, ultimately we're trying to develop players and, and help them be the best that they can be to give us the best chance of winning, which is important. Uh, but it's also – building the relationship, understanding that if you want to be successful in life, there, there's certain things that have to take place in order for her to do that. And we spoke of Nick Saban earlier, and he had a quote one time. It says, if you want to be successful, it, it takes what it takes. And, you know, we, we have to put the work in up front. And like I said, we have to develop that trust in kids to go out and, and to perform Um at a level in which we expect, but, but as coaches, you know, a lot of times we deal with parents and we have different issues throughout the year. A lot of them are very positive, but there's going to be some times we have some negative experiences too. And, 
you know, for the young coaches, and I've had my fair share uh, too, is as honest as we can be with parents, it helps um, to communicate, uh, to be proactive in communication definitely helps. Uh, I try not to be too reactive at times when somebody has a question um, because it's inevitably going to come up every single year at some point in the season and something that you're going to have to deal with. Um, but if you can be understanding from their point of view and deal with it as cooler heads prevail, you know, I think you have a great, um, a great chance to not only represent yourself, but represent your program and represent your family. If you handle those negative situations in a positive light too. That is awesome coach. Well, uh, you have dropped a lot of wisdom on us here and I, I appreciate your time again. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks Dave. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks again for joining us on the show today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many coaches as possible with a word of encouragement. Never forget your job is important. God loves you and he has a plan for you. Continue to build tomorrow's leaders and stand firm in the faith.